surrounded, as I often am, by the smell of putrefaction, of disease, and of rot. I was still overwhelmed by the olfactory assault upon entering the city of Rahman, one of the few great city-states still left in this southern land. Rahman, known as the City of Spices, a city known for its magnificent deep-water port, which was built during the time of the great empires. While perhaps not as traditionally powerful or as culturally relevant as the other city-states, Rahman was wealthy. Rahman's ancient ruling families could date their lineages back to the time when the two great empires clashed. However, during this titanic struggle, many of the still independent city-states refused to take a side, or if they did, they did so only temporarily, only for their own benefit, playing each side off the other. And while war would sweep through this land, for the most part, these city-states escaped the complete cultural collapse that accompanied the rest of the world. However, something struck me as odd. Even with the early morning light only just beginning to dance on the horizon, the markets should be opening up. The hustle and bustle of the docks were silent. Something was going on. Even the notoriously pushy and obnoxious street vendors were missing. Where was everyone? I soon learned that the cause of the morning was the death of the first patrician, the head of the current merchant family in control of the oligarchic government that ruled the great city of spices. Seeing an opportunity presented to myself, I began to ingratiate myself to the next rising patrician family. I offered my services as not only a physician, but also as a researcher. Before the end of the year, I was soon embroiled in the petty squabbles of these noble families. In particular, one of the other powerful noble families began to spread rumors about me. Rumors that may or may not have been true. Rumors that I may or may not have been performing experiments in the facility so graciously provided to me by my retainer. In addition... The fools also claimed that I was responsible for an ever-increasing number of horrific, twisted, unholy beasts prowling the hills around the city. Not necessarily understanding the half-truth of what they were saying, these other families were merely trying to ensnare me, trying to encourage my patron to distance themselves from me. All of this struck me as very reminiscent of the Nine of Hearts. Yet another struggle against an adversary, somebody trying to bring me down. And they couldn't have been more wrong in their attempts to do so. With the best results I could have obtained, their political machinations backfired on them. And my good and upstanding name within the courts of Rahman only grew. My prestige and renown allowing me to attract apprentices. Apprentices I personally picked through. Apprentices I would hopefully come to trust and be able to rely upon. 
Good morning, afternoon, or evening, and welcome back to One Guy, One Role, the solo role-playing podcast where I, your host, player, and GM, Hero Cities, play role-playing games for your listening pleasure. On this episode, we are yet again diving back into the twisted and ever further corrupted mind of Varak the Imperishable. Well, not yet imperishable, but it is his intention after all to try and achieve lichdom, therefore eternal life. I am happy to be back and able to record another podcast for y'all to listen to. It had been my intention to release an episode sooner, but unfortunately I got called into work and had to spend the last couple of weeks outside of the country. So that always has the potential of occurring despite my best intentions, but either way, we're back and I'm happy to be diving on back into Lichdom, a super lightweight, fun, interesting storytelling experience. Not sure how much of it is a game versus kind of a writing and creative expression exercise, but I'm still really enjoying it and I hope y'all are enjoying listening to it too. At the end of last episode, we found ourselves, after unceremoniously killing the crew of the ship, which brought us from the corrupted woodlands and down into a new section of the world, a region slightly less touched by the downfall of the two great empires, because the city-states of this region were powerful enough and played the game between the two great empires well enough to remain independent and limited themselves from the shitstorm that followed the catastrophe. That said, they're still merely shadows of what their former power used to be, and the city-state we found ourselves in, called Ramon, is known as the City of Spices, a fairly compact trading center ruled by a group of powerful patrician families of whom elect the first patrician as their, not necessarily a leader, but a figurehead, kind of like a prime minister. That said, the whole system is rife with factionalism, backstabbing, backroom deals, and all the good stuff that accompanies a more or less corrupt oligarchic system of government. We still have not encountered any of our truths. We don't have any relics. We keep drawing adversary cards, and we keep rolling really well. Rolled a 12 in the introduction, by the way. And we needed a 9 or better in order to defeat the adversary from the 9 of hearts. Anyways, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the podcast. And without further ado, let's get into it. Over the next few years, not only did my reputation grow as a healer, but also as a collector of ancient artifacts, especially books and tomes and scrolls of knowledge. Unbeknownst to the powerful patrician family who had taken me on as one of their retainers, I offered my services to any in return for one of these artifacts. As my network of spies and informants grew, so too did the number of individuals seeking my services. And unfortunately, with this attention, I brought the ire of the two of diamonds. Specifically, a shadowy, clandestine organization, which had its tendrils snaking throughout the various city-states. 
a guild of sorts, although more loosely affiliated than one might assume with an organization calling itself a guild. The compound I had acquired for myself included not only an ever-expanding warren of caverns underneath it, presumably carved out by some wine merchant, but also a tower. Not a tall tower, but a tower nonetheless that allowed me to survey the comings and goings of individuals throughout the city. On one particularly dark and moonless night, a small and surprisingly effective band of thieves from the guild attempted to bypass all my security, both mundane and arcane, in an attempt to steal one of the most powerful artifacts I had acquired from a desperate patrician family whose daughter was rotting away from some horrific flesh-eating disease. They were actually surprised when I asked for the artifact in return for my services. They had offered me a mountain of gold. However, in their ignorance and simple-mindedness, they did not realize the power of the artifact. Small enough to hold in your hand, yet when opened up, shows a dizzying array of interconnected cogs, springs, and inexplicable mechanisms designed designed in such a way and with a very small chunk of crystalline inside of it, it can be used to enhance sorceries. Funneling your magic through it, the mechanism whirls up and can store whatever sorcery powers were cast into it in order to be expelled at a later time. It does not generate magic power, but merely stores it. This artifact is beyond value to me. Apparently, one of the thieves from this guild also had an interest in this artifact. Their tortured screams when they discovered my most recent project alerted me to their presence. One of my apprentices who had failed me I turned him into a golem of sorts, a flesh-crafted abomination complete with enhancements hulking beyond that of any longshoreman complete with a detachable mandible and jaw and an extra set of finely honed pincers my apprentice now served me usefully guarding the depths of my vault and despite the fact that this thief was skilled enough to elude my more mundane traps and even get their hands upon the device my golem found them, and one does not escape from the clutches of that monstrosity. The leader of this little group of thieves, a likable sort, I guess. But he failed in his task, and thus willingly donated his body to further my studies, to further enhance my golem, to further enhance my studies and experimentations. As the years dragged on, I began to lose track of my age. Somewhere between six and seven decades, I had been alive. And although my magics allowed me to feed on the life force of others to keep me alive, to keep my mind sharp, my body was withering slowly. Not loose and saggy and full of wrinkles, but pulled tight, taut like a drum, across a sallow, sinking face and bony, protruding ribs. I may not have felt like an old man, but I sure looked the part. 
although otherworldly, like a piece of leather stretched to the point of fraying. For years now, I had lived in the city of Ramon. I had plied my trade amongst not only the patrician families, but also various travelers. People would come from across the different city-states to engage me for my services. Growing tired of the endless dead ends and backtracking on my own delving into unlife, I began to spread rumors, rumors influenced by the two of hearts. I needed to expand my research materials. I'd exhausted the ancient tome of knowledge I possessed belonging to a sorcerer who only failed in his ambitions. I had personally accessed the long-coveted secrets of the patricians' libraries in return for my services. I needed to look beyond the city, while it did not appear they had unlocked the secrets of lichdom themselves. The infamous sorcerer kings, the most powerful magic users to ever have lived, supposedly built great tombs, venerating themselves. However, knowledge of these tombs, where they existed, have been lost to time. These sorcerer kings were secretive and wary of tomb robbers or other individuals that might pilfer their tombs or otherwise desecrate them. Thus, these powerful sorcerer kings built their tombs in secret, killing any and all who helped design and build them, burying them along with them deep underground in their long-forgotten tombs. I knew a precious artifact like this, if true, would come at an extreme cost. The merchant guilds, by nature of their trade, drive a hard bargain. They often ask more for what they have than what they deserve to get. And I found that to be the case with this particular guild, not headquartered in Ramon, but one of the neighboring cities instead. They had a reputation for being arrogant know-it-alls who would negotiate incredibly lucrative deals for themselves at the expense of all others. However, despite this arrogance, they were known for their reliability of information. And when I sent one of my apprentices to try and obtain the map from them, they wouldn't even grant him access despite being my representative. This insult to me was something I took perhaps a little too personally. Perhaps I was a little too ingrained amongst the patricians of Ramon. They always came to me asking for help because only I had the answers. Yet even still, I was determined to obtain the map. And like some pauper before a proud king, I personally attended their audience. And I brought my book, my necromantic book of powers. However, I played a little trick on those bastards. I refused to give any of my knowledge up in exchange for new knowledge. And when the wizened old man grasped a hold of my tome, it unleashed a wave of dark energy which shriveled the old man into nothing more than a husk, clutching the book in his hands. Then throwing back what little robes were on him, my golem proceeded to decimate the guards in the room who stood in horror aghast at the monstrosity before them. Gutted from the inside, I took the map that was promised me and burnt their meeting hall to the ground. 
covering the evidence of not only their hubris, but my revenge. Returning to my tower in Ramon, I cloistered myself for the next few months, poring over the strange, gritty texture of the map, drawn on some ancient beast's hide, stretched so tight across the frame, yet at the same time managed to survive the many, many thousands of years since its creation. A map created by an unknown author claiming to reveal one of the ancient, long-forgotten, and forsaken tombs of a sorcerer king. A journey that promised not only to have the potential to revolutionize my research, but also promised a difficult and potentially disastrous expedition deep into the demon-infested red wastes. Over the next year, I prepared for my expedition into the Red Wastes. I had not only my apprentices and my golem with me, but I also hired a band of mercenaries to come with us. To provide some extra muscle if needed, I had to leave my undead creations below with the express intent of guarding over the treasures I was leaving behind in Ramon. I shall not bore you with the details of the small adventures that took place as we crossed through the Red Wastes. However, we did finally discover the tomb of this long-dead Sorcerer King. The map had not been a lie, although he was simply one of the minor kings from the Eastern Empire, who did little of note that survived in the histories down to this day. This Sorcerer King, known as... Margar VII would still hold artifacts and other catalysts of great and destructive power. For these long-dead rulers were the most powerful beings to have ever emerged from the realms of men. Even the most minor of them, more accomplished, well, likely more accomplished than any living sorcerer today. Little did I know in my foolish haste to uncover the secrets buried within that perhaps a great and powerful curse had been cast over this forlorn destination. The tomb itself was located deep within a mountainous landscape inside the Red Wastes. This expansive complex had an eerie soundlessness to it as if the walls themselves detested our presence and absorbed any noise we made, determined to preserve the eternal silence of this dead, dusty place. By the time we delved deep within this tomb, traps both mundane and magical, and various scavengers who had infiltrated this place over the countless years wore down our numbers. The band of mercenaries I once had, demoralized and their numbers reduced, had fled one night, their screams of their last dying breath swallowed by the soundlessness of this place. Most of my apprentices, burned out, useless husks, trotted alongside of us now, less useful in their undeath but more loyal. Only my trusty golem and my most promising student remained as we finally entered the prize of this place. The beating heart of this whole complex, the burial room housing the sarcophagus of Magyar VII himself. 
However, as if foretold by the king of clubs, none of this was going to go according to my relatively hasty plan. Built deep within the mountains, along the inside of a volcano, a red river of lava encircled around the raised dais housing this long-forgotten sarcophagus. I could feel the power, the energy, the sorceries infusing this place, and I could not restrain myself. And using my own sorceries, I propelled myself across the river of lava, leaving my apprentice and my golem behind. While what happened next is still a little fuzzy to me, I had reached the sarcophagus of this long, dead sorcerer king. Magar, it turns out, was a leper, something he kept hidden from everyone else in the Empire, something he despised, something his magic barely kept at bay as his skin devoured itself, rotting away, and in his eternal agony and pain he wished to inflict it upon others. For when I opened the lid of that sarcophagus and beheld nothing to my ultimate dismay other than a dusty old skeleton, more or less ground to dust by the years that had passed, at first I thought that was it. All of this was for nothing. The expedition dealing with the merchants. However, something had clearly clicked as I opened the lid of the sarcophagus, for what was once soundless now hissed, the entire tomb itself hissing like a snake, dispensing out the top of volcano, a horrific, flesh-consuming mist that spread throughout the land, affecting all who were living, reducing them to nothing more than grinning skeletons as the flesh was scoured from their skin and melted off like candle wax. This horrific flesh-eating mist, spread by my own hand, would change the landscape of the world. I barely managed to escape by unceremoniously destroying my golem, using its own hulking body as a suit to wade through the mists as it slowly dissolved around me. I watched my promising young apprentice melt before me, screaming in agony as his skin turned to pools at his feet, his eyes to jelly. The transformation was quick, and the mists moved fast. Anybody not outside was more or less spared. However, those caught outside were subject to a horror that is undescribable. Compared to an act of him, this whole entire tomb-robbing expedition ended in nothing for me. However, the church of him used it for their own machinations, claiming that this was divinely sent claiming that it merely purged the weak. For some reason, it seemed to affect the members of the church less than others. Perhaps it's because they're always inside, poring over dusty old tomes. Perhaps it's because of the metal armor that many of them wear. Or perhaps, maybe there is an element of magic infused in their faith. I know not. All I know is upon my return to the once proud city of Ramon, it had been changed, demoralized, no longer a place of happiness, of successful trade, and of enlightened commerce. Even though I had unleashed this horrific plague upon the world, 
Something had happened to me inside of that tomb when the plague awoke. Something that's reminiscent of the ace of clubs. The opposite of the last prophecy. And the beginning of my true ascent into lichdom. The beginning of me understanding that all my trials and tribulations were worth it. And understanding that, at the end of this long, dangerous, and darkly depraved path, there's truth to what I'm doing. There's a reason behind it all. And my first truth, my first key that fit into the lock of lichdom, came about as a waking dream. As I was trudging through the scorching, red, demon-infested wastes, It came to me through the hissing snores of a great slumbering serpent, an unknowable, unnamed entity that I had only the merest mentions of, the merest hints and whispers amongst the ancient, long-forgotten knowledge of our once great past. Perhaps this great serpent was merely the result of heat exhaustion, of dehydration in this great empty red desert. Perhaps it's something more, perhaps an echo left over from the sorcerer kings who once venerated a myriad of different gods and goddesses. Perhaps it's something more, or perhaps it is nothing. Either way, this waking dream, this stumbling around in shadows, despite the torturous, unrelenting heat of the burning red sun above, something felt like it unlocked in my brain. Perhaps I inhaled some of that horrific, flesh-eating disease, and it melted my brain. Perhaps I was divinely inspired by some long-sleeping ancient god. Or maybe perhaps, at my lowest, I unlocked my own potential, made connections in my head. Either way, it was revealed to me that an important part of achieving lichdom, of achieving immortality, is the preservation of your soul. Combined as one and trapped within the fleshy vessel, the soul ages as the body does, and the body cannot live without the soul. Therefore, splitting the soul into pieces and trapping them within powerful artifacts that then must in turn be protected with traps, incantations, and perhaps even enslaved demons, I would be able to preserve my soul throughout the process of becoming a lich, the process of which would likely result in the utter shattering of my soul if I let it remain within my body while enacting the desecrating rituals. Although nearly 50 years of my life had been spent pursuing worthless dead ends, this first true step into becoming a lich, into preserving my body for eternity, my mind sharp and strong, I felt emboldened. I felt like I had a path forward. I already had two potential artifacts, but I would certainly need more to successfully bind my soul during the process of lichdom. Thank you, thank you so much for listening to this episode of One Guy, One Roll. As always, I really support y'all tuning in and taking the time out of your day to listen to the podcast. 
I was really feeling kind of down a little bit when I drew that king. That makes two kings, and kings get shuffled back into the deck after you draw them. The big downside of kings is it increases your doom. So we now have two doom, which means we only have a maximum of two resolve. Starts to become pretty risky to take on tasks. But then, happen to draw an ace right after it. And aces are what you need to collect in order to gain access to the steps needed to complete the ritual of lichdom. Basically, it gives you bonuses along with needing both an arcane and mundane ace in order to even attempt the ritual. In addition, on all arcane tasks now, I get a plus one to the roll. I really can't wait to see where the story ends up going, and as I've said since episode one, a system like this can either end very quickly, or maybe drag on is the wrong word, but can potentially get a little bland and samey. I'm still enjoying producing it, and I hope y'all are still enjoying listening to it, because it is my intention to complete this arc, to finish this story, and to see where we end up with Varak once hopefully he gets a chance to actually attempt the Lichdom Ritual. All of that aside, if you wish to help provide some monetary support for the channel, allowing me to keep stocked up on coffee and upgrade my equipment and pay for hosting and the other little costs associated with making a podcast, I do have a Patreon over on patreon.com slash one guy one roll. If interested, please do go check it out. I really appreciate all the support y'all give just for tuning in and listening to the podcast. And of course, as always, a huge thank you to Master JL, Journeyman James, Journeyman Matt, Journeyman Nick, and Apprentice Jesse. Thank you so much, you guys. This would literally not be possible without your continued support. And of course, as always, a huge thank you to everyone for tuning in to the One Guy, One Roll podcast. As always, I've been your host, GM, and player, Hero Cities, signing off. Have a great day and stay safe out there, y'all.